Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Powerhouse Women Devotions and Ministry Podcast. It is Thumping Thursday, which means that it's Bible study day. Yes, with your girl Deb. And I am so excited because it's Bible study Thursday, Thumping Thursday. And I am going to come with you with the raw, gritty, word of God and that you can learn, uh, put out quick questions out there and just, you know, learn and and elaborate on the word of God. But before I do that, I want to make a couple of announcements. All right. Because every time I start, this is the third um, episode, by the way, but this is Thumping Thursday, which is Bible study day. Uh, So I want to start always with announcements. All right. So the first announcement is for Powerhouse Women Devotions and Ministry. We're having our biannual conference, Her to Victory Conference, August the 17th and the 18th in White Marsh, Maryland. Uh, Those interested can go to Eventbrite to register or uh, www.powerhousewomendevotions.com to register. All right. And then the next announcement is the global prayer convocation that's happening here in Baltimore at the Baltimore Convention Center. They apparently having a, a three day or well, actually look like a four day prayer service um, at the Baltimore Convention Center. So that is going on July the 18th through the 21st. Uh, you can call 833 GPC. 2018 or visit www. All right, so that's globalprayerconvocation.org. And then the next uh, announcement that I have is in Philly. Something's going on in Philly. All right, this is a new fatherhood program called A Day. All right, I D A A Y, and it begins on July the 25th. It's a 13 week parenting program for young fathers age 14 to 25. And they do mentorship, workshops. Uh, apparently, there's a stipend involved. So, I guess the participants participate for this 13 week session um, in parenting. And they receive a stipend. So to find out more information, you can talk with um, Arkey Leak. Arkey Leacock. Sorry about that, guys. Arkey Leacock. And the number is 215-901-6976. Again, that's Arkey Leacock. And this is up in Philly. It's called Day. Fatherhood program in Philly, and the number is 215-901-6976. All right, so uh, the last thing I want to say is if you have an announcement you want to make and you would like for me to make the announcement on the podcast, what you can do is send your announcement to D-A-S-E-D-U podcast at gmail.com. All right. D-A-S-E-D-U podcast at gmail.com. All right. So time to dive into the word. So before I dive into the word, 
I'm going to have a moment of prayer. All right. So every time you dive into the word, you always want to have prayer because you don't want to say or I don't want to say anything out of myself. But I want the Lord to lead me and to guide me in this study. All right. All right. So let's have a word of prayer. Oh, awesome and almighty God. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this day. Thank you for watching over us, Lord, as we slap, Lord. And thank you for all those who are listening, Father, to this wonderful, wonderful time in your word, oh God. We just thank you for this opportunity. And we pray, Father, that your spirit will uh, rest in us and show us and give us wisdom. Your Holy Spirit, give us wisdom to your word, Father, and that we may have hope and in, in, in faith in what we are talking about and what we believe in, Father. In Jesus' name, pray, Lord, that you give us the understanding and what you want us to know about you so that we may draw closer to you. Father, by your word, I thank you for this opportunity. I ask that I, Deborah, decrease, that you may increase in me. And for all of the listeners, oh God, that they, that you will touch them, Father, and that you will meet their needs through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I, this topic today is hope, right? Hope because... Uh, it's been bothering me so much to see what's going on in the world and the fact that there is not a lot of hope. A lot of people are losing their hope. They're losing their trust. And they are. I'm sorry. I had to put my phone on mute, guys. Um, so they're losing their hope and they're losing their trust in things that's going on. So today... I want to talk about the topic is hope, finding your hope in a desperate situation, in a what may be a tragic situation. And we're going to look at the word of God at one of my favorite, favorite stories um, in the word and how the disciples seemed like they were losing their hope based on what had transpired a situation that transpired with jesus uh death and resurrection or ascension but the whole idea of this topic is just to find out no the whole idea is to see what why do bad things happen and what's the whole cause or, or is there a reasoning for that and how can someone have hope and trust or continue to have hope and trust after a bad situation has happened or after a tragedy has happened. All right, so you guys ready? I'm going to dive right into the word. All right, so what I want you to do is go ahead and turn your Bibles to Luke. All right, so the the um so the scripture, the passage today is coming from Luke chapter 24. Right. Verse 13 through 26, which is the road to Emmaus. All right. And I love this story. You guys, you are going to be so blessed by this because this situation, this story or um, this passage gives us a a definition of hope, possibly hope 
gone or deferred and how a situation, a tragic situation was meant to happen in order for something greater to go down. All right. So I have uh, two versions in front of me, uh, two Bible versions in front of me. So I do have the King James, um, the King James, the New King James. And I also have the Amplified Bible because I want to read a couple of passages back and forth in both of the the in both of the versions so that you'll be able to understand uh where I'm coming from and what God wants to lead us in understanding that hope you should always have hope and you can find hope in any situation all right all right so again that's Luke 24 um verses 13 through 26 now so a little bit of backstory so a little bit of backstory of um where we are is the fact that in Luke, because uh, Luke's Luke's uh, book goes through uh, the details of Jesus' ministry, right through storytelling. All right, so Luke goes through a little bit deeper than uh, the other two. Um, no, th- through the other three than the other three. All right, than the other three books, and I'm talking about Matthew. Mark and John. So Luke is a little bit more detailed in Jesus' ministry. And so Luke, in Luke, you can only find the road to Emmaus in the book of Luke. All right. So um, if you want to make note of that, you can only find this passage, this set of passage in the book of Luke. All right. So some back history on what where we are is that, okay, it was resurrection. Right, Jesus had resurrected and everyone was upset. All right, everyone was upset in Jerusalem because now the Lord has died, right? And now his body is gone. Nobody knows where his body is. Well, so they think uh, nobody knows, but uh, uh, the two Mary, Mary Magdalene, and um, some of the other women had experienced the fact that Jesus had resurrected. Um, Jesus had arose. But other disciples did not yet know what happened. All right. So we, that's how we get to the road to Emmaus. So in verse 13, and I'm going to read in the, because I want to get, I want you to be able to get this understanding in a today's time type of way. So I'm not going to read the whole thing in uh, the New King James just yet. But I want to read a couple of passages in, from the Amplified Bible. All right. So um, if you have the Amplified Bible, great. But if you have the um, King James, I'll go back and forth so that you'll be able to um, follow me. All right. So uh, 13. So that's 24, 13. All right, Luke 24 and 13. All right, so it says, um, And behold, that very day two of the disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. All right, um, 14 says, 
and they were talking with each other about all these things that had occurred. So they apparently was talking about all that was going on uh, after, I mean, from up to the time of Jesus um, going to the cross to now. They were talking about it. And you know how you talk about stuff and you talk and you just continue to talk because you're trying to wrap in your mind what is transpiring, what is going on. You know, even in your household, in a city, or wherever you may be, where it's trouble or some type of tragedy going on, you try to wrap your mind around it. So this is what was going on with the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And it says, um, uh, and they were talking with each other about all the things that had occurred. And while they were conversing or conversating and discussing together, Jesus himself caught up with them. And was already accompanying them. So they're walking. Right? The disciples are walking. Two disciples are walking. And Jesus catches up with them. And he says to them. But see they didn't know it was him. Because it says verse 16. But their eyes were held. So that they did not recognize him. And I can imagine. uh, That verse. Eyes being held. And I'll go to the King James right quick. So you'll know what that is. Is that. They were probably so dazed out and just not really focusing on who was all walking with them because they were so distracted by the events that were going on in the town. All right. So um, in Luke, in the New King James Version, it says that it says uh, that, okay, but their eyes were holding and they should not know him. And they didn't know him. Alright. So I have a study Bible here. And the study Bible says that that verse basically means uh, in a number of appearances, in a number of Jesus' appearances, he was not recognized at first. So again, they did not know that it was him. Alright. Walking with them. Alright. I'm back in the Amplified. So then he said, um, and he said to them, what is this discussion that you are exchanging or throwing back and forth between yourselves as you walk along? And they stood still looking sad and downcasted. So they were sad. Now, there are so many things that make us sad every day on a daily basis, but to lose someone, to be hurt emotionally, it makes you sad. So these disciples could have been falling into a depression. We don't know. But it was Jesus that recognized they were sad and they were downcasted. They was not happy about what was taking place in Jerusalem. Alright, and then it says, Then one of them named Cleophas answered him, Do you alone dwell as a stranger in Jerusalem and not know the things that have occurred? There in these days. So Cleophas is saying, look, you are you a stranger? Like, do you not know what has happened? All right, let me break it down to you what has happened. This is what happened. Do you know Cleophas remind me of that friend who tells you your own story after you told them the story or you told them what happened to you. And then a couple of days later, your friend reminds you, remember this happened to you. That's what he remind me of that friend. So he says, um, um, and he said to them, 
And he says, I'm in verse 19. It says, and he said to them, what kind of things? And they said to him about Jesus of Nazareth. So Jesus is asking him, well, what kind of things is, you know, taking place? And what, what am I missing? Even though he already knew. It says, who was a prophet, mighty in work and and word before God and all the people and how our chief priest and ruler gave him up to be sentenced to death and crucified him. But we were hoping that it was he who would redeem and set Israel free. Yes. And besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have occurred. Okay. So let me break this down to you. So Cleophas is like, look, man, this is what's going on. We trusted and believed in Jesus, who was supposed to be our redeemer, but uh, he is not. He is MIA right now. And you walking around here asking, what's the story? So he's telling Jesus the story, the back uh, story of this. Like, this is what's going on. We feeling bad. Then on top of that, we it's the third day. What is going on the third day? Because in the third day was supposed to be uh, the resurrection, right? So he's like, this is the third day now and, and nothing has, uh, we don't know nothing. We don't know what's going on. And then he says in 22, and moreover, some women of our company astound us and drove us out of our senses. They were at the tomb early in the morning, but did not find his body. And they returned saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. So some of those who were with us went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. So Cleophas is saying, look, some women that was with us, which he's talking about Mary and some other women was with us. And they said that they saw that uh, they talked to some angels and that Jesus is alive. And then the, the disciples, which he's talking about Peter, uh, also said that he has ascended or he had, he's alive, but there's no body. We didn't see anything. So this is all that's going on. And it's astounding us. And it's making us sad at the same time. This is what Cleophas is saying. And he said, so some of those who were with, who with, I'm in the Amplified again. So some of those um, with us went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but him, they did not see. All right. It says 25 says, and Jesus said to them, oh, foolish ones, sluggish in mind. Full of perception and slow of heart to believe. Do you adhere to the trust? Do you adhere to and trust in and rely on everything that the prophets have spoken? So Jesus is saying to them, let me get my notes because I made notes about this. So Jesus says to them, um, what were, um, Jesus says to them, do you not believe what was written about this whole situation? Because Jesus wants them to understand that everything that's happening is a result of what was told. Okay. In the Old Testament. So he's saying, why are you not getting it? All of this is happening and taking place as a result of what was told in the Old Testament. All right. And he says, um, and so 
what was said in the Old Testament is, um, give me one second, you guys, so I can show you something. So Jesus was basically like, why are you feeling so downtrodden and so out of it? But the thing is, is that everybody felt this pain. That's all I want you to know is that everybody felt this, this heartache and this pain. And I'm going to take you to some cliff notes that I um, took while I was studying this so that you can see that everybody saw, everybody felt this at some point, this type of pain. All right, so if you go to um, in, give me, hold on one second, guys. Uh, all right, so if you look at in where Jesus spoke to Mary at the time of the tomb. When when an angel spoke to Mary in John, so if you can go to uh, John, give me one second. Um, oh, okay. So in John twenty. Verse uh, uh, 14, well, verse 11. In John 20, verse 11, I'm in the New King James. It says, but Mary stood without, without at the scepter weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the scepter. And then Jesus said in verse 15, Jesus said to her, um, he said to her, why he said woman why weep thou uh whom you seek thou and she she was saying why do you weep he was asking her why are you weeping and again i'm pointing out the fact that it wasn't just the disciples that was on the road to emmaus that was upset about this but apparently a lot of people were saddened by the fact that jesus uh, was not his body was not there all right so i'm gonna go back to the road of emmaus and he says do you not believe the scriptures and so what jesus is trying to tell them is that the fact that this is prophecy happening right before your eyes and if you go back to the scriptures and uh if you go into uh i believe it's psalms 110 where it speaks about Jesus um, ascension or Jesus resurrecting. So he's saying you go back to the prophets and what the prophets have said. This is what was going to happen. All right. Um, so let me keep reading. And I'm still on the road to Emmaus. He says, was it not necessary and fitting? I'm in the um, Amplified. Was it not necessary and essentially fitting that the Christ, who's the Messiah, should suffer all these things before entering into his glory. Now, remember, they don't know that is Jesus talking, but Jesus is speaking to them and saying, look, 
let's go back to the scriptures. He's having a conversation with them about what's hap- what has happened to him. And it's so wonderful that they did not have a clue that he was walking with them. That their hope was actually walking with them. And I hope that you guys can understand that. That you may not see hope all the time. But hope is there. Because it's what writes with you. It's walking with you. Alright. Because you don't see the whole picture yet. Alright. So that's what's happening with these disciples. They're not seeing the whole picture yet. But Jesus is trying to get them to understand the, the fullness of it. By first, let's go back to what was said in uh, what the prophets had said. So he starts to break it down. Then beginning with Moses. So he starts with Moses first. And all throughout. He said throughout all the prophets. He went on explaining and interpreting to them. In all the scriptures of things concerning and referring to himself. So he's going back with them saying look. Let's look at the prophets. Let's look at what they said. Let's look at what they said. What's going to happen. Because there's no need to not have hope. And even though he understood that, okay, we're flesh, we are human, we hurt, we get upset, we get mad, but the situation, this was a situation that was going to get better, but they couldn't see that it was going to get better. The the disciples could not see that it was going to get better. All right. So, um, he says, um. Then they drew near the village to which they were going, and he um, acted as if he was going to keep going. So Jesus was going to keep walking, but they said because they had, time had passed and it was getting to be dark. So they had told him and urged him to come on and stay with us for the night. So it says, but they urged and insisted, saying to him, remain with us, for it, for it is towards evening and the day and is now far spent. So he went and he stayed in, um, with them. And it says, and it occurred that he reclined at a table with them and he took a loaf of bread and praised God and gave thanks and asked a blessing and then broke it. And it was given and was and it was giving and was giving it to them. So basically they ate, but probably dinner as it was now evening and Jesus was um, suffering with them. So he had blessed the food, y'all. This is what really got me. Jesus blesses the food. And at that moment that he blessed the food, look what happened. In verse 30. It says, um, in verse 31, when their eyes, oh, oh, it says, and then their eyes were instantly opened and they clearly recognized him and he vanished, departing visibly invisibly all right so they recognized him after he had given thanks over the food they felt some type of anointing now listen to this verse 32 and they said to one another were not our hearts greatly moved and burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and he opened and explained to us the sense of the scriptures. Look at that anointing. Look at that anointing that Jesus had that their hearts burned. They, they felt that anointing, that power. Because they now realizing, oh my goodness, 
it was him. And it says, um, 33, and rising up that very hour, they went back to Jerusalem where they found the 11, all right, the disciples, right? The 11 disciples and gathered together in those who were with them. 34 says, and who said, and I'm still reading the Amplified Version. And it says, uh, 34 says, the Lord really has risen and has appeared to Simon. 35, then they themselves related in full what had happened on the road. So now they're telling their story. They're telling like, look, we saw him. We saw Jesus. He was with us. And this is what happened on the road. When we was on the road, this is what happened. So they was breaking. Um, it says, then they themselves related in what had happened on the road and how he was known and recognized by them in the breaking of bread. Now, while they were talking about this, Jesus himself took his stand among them and said to them, peace, that you freedom from all the distresses and that are experienced as a result of sin be to you. So basically, Jesus now saying he's with them and he's talking to them about what they've experienced. And then he says they're talking amongst themselves about what they experienced and realizing that it's him. And then he's there saying peace be to you uh, in all your distress and what sin causes and call ca sin causes distress you know sin causes a a time of hopelessness right that's what sin do but their eyes was open to the fact that wait a minute um uh gee, oh wait a minute i feel that warmth in my heart i feel that warmth. he's with me so sometimes it may not seem like god is with you it may not seem like god hears you I mean, it seems like God is not understanding you, but there is a backdrop to that at the end of the day. And if we go deeper into the study, you'll see that, and I'm going to wrap this up because I don't want to keep the study too long, but we can always finish this at the next, on next Thursday or possibly Saturday. But I just want you to know that um, the whole idea of this happening to them is for them to realize that you, they don't have to be distressed. The disciples don't have to be distressed. And I want you to use this and put this in your own life. What are you stressing over? What are you so uptight about in that God has told you something? He has, he has showed you something, but then you allowing the cares of the world sin and all types of things to come in to defer that hope all right because this is what the disciples was experiencing and he says he says in 36 now while they were talking about this jesus himself took his stand among them and said to them peace freedom from all the distress that you are experiencing as a result of sin be with you but they were so shook by him speaking, they thought they saw a spirit. They were so shook by it. And they thought they saw a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you disturbed and troubled? And why do your heart why do you why do such doubts and questioning arise in your hearts? He says, See my hands and my feet? That is um that is I myself. Feel and handle me. And see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones. As you see that I have. So he is showing them that it's really me. And why do you feel so troubled and so downtrodden? 
when it's me. And so I want to get to, um, and I'm going to wrap it up, but I want to get to the point of the whole idea of this happening is that the scriptures had to be fulfilled and the ascension of Jesus was a, uh, pathway for the Holy Spirit to come, right? So the Holy Spirit had to come and Jesus said to them, um, in another passage, he says that, uh, and I'll give it to you right here in John 16, seven, all right, Jesus, the ascension, first of all, let me just read to you. And I have a, um, the theology Bible, because I went to theology school, but let me just sit, tell you why the significance of the ascension. Why did Jesus have to, uh, go through what he went through? He was telling them basically that, the, um, on the old Testament, these scriptures had to be fulfilled what they said, um, I was going to, you know, basically he's saying to them, I was going to go through the pain and suffering, right? In order for this ascension to take place. But this is the reason why this ascension is taking place. All right. It's uh, four reasons. All right. The significance of the ascension. One, the ascension of Jesus ended the earthly ministry of Christ. All right. Right. It ended the earthly ministry of Jesus. All right. Of, of the Christ. But it marked the end of the period of self-limitations during the days of his sojourn on earth. All right. So that means no limitations now. He has no limitations. Jesus, when he walked the earth, he has limitations. We here, we have limitations because we're in this body, we're in this flesh. All right. So if you believe that one day we're going to be like Jesus and we're going to ascend, then we have no limitations. All right. So he had no limitations anymore to uh, as his days that he was on the on the earth. Then the second part is it says, number two, the ascension ended the period of his humiliation. All right. It ended the period of him um, going through so much. It ended the period of him going through uh, so much of uh, the things that he had went through in his timing on on the earth the ministry it said his glory was no longer veiled following the ascension meaning he had all glory now all right so there was no stopping him now not that it was anything stopping him while he was on the earth but he had a mission to do he had a work to do while he was on the earth and then it says um it says Christ is now exalted and enthroned in heaven. And then number three says it marked the first entrance of resurrected humanity into heaven and in the beginning of a new work in heaven. All right. It says that in Hebrews 4, 14, 16 and 6 and 20. So you can look that up. And if you do a further study, it says a representative of the human race is I mean, a representative of the human race in a resurrected, glorified body is the Christian's intercessor. So now it's like we have a resurrected, glorified body that's representing us in heaven now because we didn't have that at first. And so now Jesus sits at the right hand of the father and interceding for us because now he's ascended. All right. And then four says, the ascension made the de the death the descent of the Holy Spirit possible. 
it was necessary for Christ to ascend to heaven in order that he could send the Holy Spirit. And this is why, this is why things transpired the way they did in Jerusalem. This is why Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross, first of all, for our sins. But also he left a promise with the disciples that I promised to send the Holy Spirit. So when he who is great left the disciples, God sent someone even greater. And that's his spirit to dwell with us. So the ascension was needed. And what I'm telling you is, I'm not saying that it's good to go through. It's hard to go through something. But when we trust and believe in God and what he is doing in our lives and we have purpose, that is going to create a greater need. It's going to create something greater in us, something purposeful in us. And then we can have that hope, you guys, hope that that something greater is going is going to come from this. And I'm going to leave you with that because I ran a little over time. But we're going to pick back up with this on Saturday. We're going to talk about this some more on Saturday about that greater, that hope. And in the meantime, I want you to do the study. I want you to get your books out and really study this road to Emmaus and the hope deferred. But it's not hope lost. It's not hope gone. All right. And I want you to have that in your in your psyche that it's not hope gone. All right. So we're going to um, pray and I will leave this in prayer and then I will get back with you guys real soon. So let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to be able to understand that hope deferred is not hope gone and hope lost. And we thank you for the picture that you've given us today in this Bible study lesson on the road to Emmaus, Lord, that we are your children and that you love us so much that even though we may be going through hurt, even though we may be going through some type of pain, even though we may be going through some type of loss or we don't understand what is going on in our lives, you have a greater plan, Lord. And as you did with Jesus, death and resurrection and then ascension, you then brought your Holy Spirit, Father. And the disciples were able to experience that fire of the Holy Spirit, Lord, when they heard Jesus pray. And so we're asking, Father, today that you will allow us to feel that fire in us, oh God, to know that you are with us no matter what we go through. And we thank you, Father, for all these things. Let us have a blessed day. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. I will talk to you soon. Bye.